and welcome to Throw It In Rotation. We're back with our second episode of the day. So check out the other if you've not seen it before. We went through our best fits from the 2023 draft. Today we're talking about what is perhaps the biggest news of the offseason. That is, of course, the trade of Aaron Rodgers from the New York, uh, to the New York Jets from the Green Bay Packers. He's already walking around their, their complex barefoot. He's making himself comfortable there already after a bit of a, a bit of a couple of months of will they, won't they. We're waiting to see if the trade terms would get finalised. They have done, so we're going to break it down today, try and uh, analyse how the offence is going to work, look at the trade terms perhaps, and just see how we think it's going to pan out. Will the Jets finally have some success? Uh, and then to finalise the episode, we're just going to be setting the scene for which quarterback competitions are going to be taking place over the summer and um, kind of our initial thoughts on that. It's something that we will hopefully be tracking throughout the summer. So let's get into it. Ashley Cadell is joining me, as is Reese Davidson, of course. Um, Ash, probably the biggest news of the offseason, wasn't it, this? Yeah, obviously we um we was we had a little discussion about the QB situation, um, mainly focused on Derek Carr. Um, I think that was sort of the main one at the start, but obviously now Rogers, um, I think he was always gonna be leaving. Um, he he pretty much said before the trade happened on the Pat McAfee show that he was he wanted to go. Um, pretty sure wasn't he? he pretty said he said he, that he wanted to go. Ninety percent return. No, well, yeah, he said before he went to that darkness retreat, he was 90% retired. And then, yeah, he went on to the Pat McAfee show and said, I'm going to be joining the Jets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, obviously, um, big news finally leaves Green Bay. I think, you know, that relationship was, <laughs> I don't know how it lasted that long, to be honest. But, I mean, it felt like a sense of hatred between Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and Bob Gutenkus, or however you say that stupid name. <laughs> Wonder Gunst. Um yeah, so I think it's best for all parties. Um, it, it had to end, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, just set the scene a little bit. We, we know how the Jets have been doing the last few years or last few decades or whatever, but um, so we all know they, they hit a home run with their draft class in um, 2021? No, it would be 2022 yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it included the Offensive Rookie of the Year, finished in the top 10 in receiving yards, Included a running back that was first in explosive run rate, first in yards per carry after contact, yet they finished with the 25th ranked offense. The year before that, it was a 26th ranked offense, and each of the two before that, it was dead last, 32nd. Mainly down to some shoddy quarterback play, to say the least, and of course it's been a particularly painful period for the fans of the franchise that have not won a playoff game since 2011, the end of the 2010 season. But now Robert Salah's building up the D. They had perhaps the uh, the most dangerous defence, the best defence in the NFL in some people's eyes last year. It was up there, top five, top ten in all the metrics. Anyway, and that's with almost a historically bad offence. So what does this all make for? It makes for a franchise and a set of fans that could not be more desperate for a quarterback. Step in Aaron Rodgers, who's been through all that stuff with the Packers, as you laid out just a second ago, Ash. Had a rough relationship with them since, uh, since they drafted Jordan Love. And uh, it just feels like a, a natural match, doesn't it? It feels like a perfect match, Ash. Took a long time to go over the line, and we'll talk about the trade terms later. But how does it change the Jets? Well, yeah, um, I think you pretty much sort of said all they're sort of now lacking is that QB, um, Zach Wilson, just not good, not good at all. I was clinging on 
almost desperately clutching at straws, hoping he'd uh, pull out of the bag, probably because I spent uh, the 109 and my fantasy on him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was the main reason why I was just like clinging on, like, no, he's he still got, a, got it in him. But, you know, you ultimately, yeah, he was not good enough. And the amount of stats that I think you've read out over the course of previous podcasts proved that he just wasn't good enough. And albeit Rogers is nowhere near in his peak, perhaps coming off a bit of a down year, even though that's a topic for debate, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. Um, I think ultimately... He's Definitely gonna... a down year compared to the uh, the previous two years, but yeah, we'll see. there are other factors. Yeah. Other factors. Um, but yeah, adding in, obviously, a, a guy like Rogers who literally won MVP back-to-back, what, less than a year ago, wasn't it? Um, not last year, but before that. Um, you know, yeah. clearly um, he's still got it. Um, so, you know, as you just said, as well with the, the likes of Brees Hall, um, Garrett Wilson, that's really shaping up to be quite a, a dangerous offense, especially as you said as well with that, with how strong that defense is. Um, you know, all they were missing is that um, offense to sort of carry them into getting a few more wins, get them into the playoffs. Uh, and I certainly think the work that they've done, um, obviously with Rogers, with the, uh, some improvements to the O-line, um, will definitely, definitely um, see them push towards that. I mean, just another little bit look at the how the poor the Jets QB situation has been. Um, 50 pass grade over the last three years, which is last in the NFL. 52.4% accuracy rate, which is also last in the NFL. So, Damn. absolutely shocking. So um, bad. So, yeah. Um, obviously, that's pretty massive. Um Nathaniel Hackett coming in as offensive coordinator, mm, I think that's huge, huge, huge because um, as we've seen in 2019 to 21, where A Rod did win those two MVPs and led the second best offense in EPA per play, um, you know that was with that guy. Um, in those, uh, I think it was the 2021, Rogers had a 94.1 passing grade, nine to one touchdown into interception ratio. What the fuck? Obviously, didn't work out for Hackett as a head coach at Denver, but. Clearly, he's been a proven success as an offensive coordinator at Green Bay with that relationship with Rodgers. They're now sort of just accommodating Rodgers as much as they can, obviously, by bringing in Hackett. They've also brought in Alan Lazard as well, who's one of his trusted receivers to go alongside the likes of Wilson um, and and Brees Hall. Obviously, um, Mecole Hardman as well, Corey Davis there, solid depth pieces. Um, I think that's pretty impressive. Um, Got Randall Cobb, Cobb in the door now, haven't they? Just this last week. Yeah, well, obviously Rogers wants to get another one of his guys in the building. Get his friends paid. Of course. And also there's a, a huge um, addition, which I think we'll talk about the offensive line in a bit more detail, but I will just quickly br- briefly mention it now. And that's Billy Turner, the tackle, uh, former teammate um, for, with Aaron Rodgers, obviously. He started seven games with the Broncos last year, so clearly... Um, Nathaniel Hackett trusts him a lot and he was also a starter in the years when Hackett was at Green Bay so again um, just building up a, the nice situation for Rodgers there to hopefully prosper for the Jets Yeah, cause, uh, this new regime came into the Green Bay Packers after Mike McCarthy and um, obviously upset Aaron Rodgers in, in quite a big way when they drafted Jordan Love but we've talked about it on this uh, podcast before as well. It just it never seemed like Aaron Rodgers was happy. It never seemed like he um, got along with Matt Lafleur. It seemed like he had literally no respect from Matt Lafleur. Lafleur from really what I did. could read into yeah. it and, Every time, and the way he spoke to him. Yeah, on the sidelines, it was like they were like bickering and giving each other like death stares. <laughs> and you like 
Rogers on the Pat McAfee show and talking about Matt Lafleur. He was kind of like he was condescending to his head coach sort of thing. It was definitely not a, a usual way for a player to talk about their head coach. And you could maybe say, "Eagle comes into it there, though." Oh, welcome, uh, welcome lot, to the lot, show, Reese. <laughs> a lot of the stuff we we see from Aaron Rodgers and the stuff he says, he, he's a very egotistical oh, yeah. guy. And I, I oh, think, yeah. I think yeah. some of his problems with the management at Green Bay was maybe to do with the fact that he thinks he thinks the world of himself and he wasn't getting the opportunity to make some decisions or influence yeah. some decisions yeah. that maybe he felt he should. Which um, it's fair enough to a, to a certain degree. Like he's gonna be a Hall of Fame even before these two MVP seasons, sort of thing. Like the Packers never never drafted like a pass catcher in the first round, stuff like that. They really weren't giving him enough help. Basically, so you understand but, there are certain gripes there. Well, they they told him that it was gonna be a pass catcher, a great wide receiver for him the year that they trade, well they traded up and. To get love as well, didn't they? So yeah, pro- yeah, that's another thing. Promised him a weapon there, and then traded up mm. and got his replacement. So I suppose from that point of view, it's a pretty good reason to be pissed off with it. But uh-huh. what so- do you think? Do you think that attitude and some of the problems regarding how he's dealt with the management at the Packers might actually be a bad thing and something that could affect the Jets negatively coming in if he keeps the same? big persona kind of I just think I think it's just going to be a completely different scenario completely different environment and kind of feel about it it's going to be so like the new regime coming Lafleur and that and they they needed to especially with Lafleur being so young and having such an inexperience felt like they were keen to put their own stamp on it and do it their own way and sort of like Rogers wanted more like freedom at the line of scrimmage to do what he wanted and, and more input into the offense and stuff but i see this move is going to be like similar to brady when he came to the bucks and that kind of feels like what they're trying to uh, emulate here it's going to be well firstly as i was saying like nathaniel hackett gets along so well with aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers has spoken so highly of him it's like they're they're more friends really than than colleagues sort of thing and the way that uh, um, Nathaniel Hackett teaches people, I've heard it from multiple sources across the league, like, he might not necessarily be a great leader of men, but he's a great teacher of men. He's a, he's a great, like, actual coach. And just the, the way the, um, they build a culture in there, it seems like it's going to be really conducive to, to Aaron Rodgers. They're going to trust him. They're going to build the offense around around Rodgers, around what's he what he wants to do. I feel like they're going to let him do what he wants at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and another thing, like... We've talked about how good the uh, well the weapons that the Jets have on offense, despite their bad quarterback play. They've got a uh, Brees Hall. They've, they should have a run game. They've got um, interesting wide receiver room now. Garrett Wilson, the season he did with the quarterback play that he had, it was crazy. To um, I've actually got some stats on so, that. Sorry, quick. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Over one thousand yard season with eighty five point nine receiving grade. Obviously, despite that um, cute awful QB play. Um, so obviously, being having to have a receiving grade of that high when you got the likes of Zach Wilson thrown to you, like that just goes to show it's insane. how good he is. I think, I think when you when you mention Zach Wilson, the the Jets clearly haven't fully given up hope on him because they they spoke about the fact that they didn't want to move him on, 
And bringing Aaron Rodgers in, a player of that caliber, could be really beneficial in developing yeah. not only Zach Wilson, but having that quarterback there will help to develop the weapons that we spoke about. It will help them progress, and then it's better weapons for Wilson when he's progressed a bit. So in terms of looking to the future, it could also be a great move. Yeah, that's another reason why it makes sense. And... um. Part of Zach Wilson's issue wasn't just how shit he was on the field, but uh, like when he just didn't take any of the blame, that that big question mark, it was just before he got benched like for the last time, it was not taking responsibility, accountability. So he's going to learn how to be a quarterback on and off the field from Aaron Rodgers. And, and if there is a path for his redemption, then this is surely the way the way to find it. Oh, yeah. And you look uh, at obviously how we... he's... Uh, you know, it, I think he showed flashes uh, at times. To be honest, yeah, that's you know, exactly what I was gonna say. You know, there was like there was that big run, and you know, there was times where he, you know, obviously there was some poor decision making, of course. But let's not forget how difficult it is um, to play as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, perhaps it, it, I think it could definitely work out. You you see him learn a little bit of injuries. Yeah. Yeah. No, I struggled with injuries. Yeah, learning from a guy like Rogers, who's got the experience and stuff like that, and maybe not perhaps the best in sort of terms of ego and um, and camaraderie, maybe the way in which Rogers behaved the last few years. But, you know, I think that could be a massive learning curve. And, you know, we don't know how long Rogers is going to be here. He might be here for a year, maybe two. So, obviously, I don't think well, they're definitely, they're not cancelling out Wilson and what he can do, but more, right, let's give him a little bit more time. Let's get let him to learn the ropes a bit more, take the pressure and, and focus off him and who knows what could happen. He might end up being uh, a worthy player. Um, but just going back to the sort of uh, situation with Rodgers um, at the Packers, uh, I totally agree with you, Harry, now um, in the contrast because uh, at the Packers, I think it was very much sort of a battle of egos you know obviously Rodgers is yeah. Aaron Rodgers he's obviously incredibly self-confident and, and believes in everything that he does and, and the same with what the Packers they're the Packers they do it how they want to do it and there was just no sort of rapport and, and chemistry really there they weren't on the same page whereas uh, again I uh, uh, you look at the Jets now they want to make sure that everything is focused on Rodgers and what he wants for these next two years if they've obviously given up um you know some say quite a lot to get him so why would you then make it more difficult when you get him in let's actually facilitate the trade build around him give him what he wants build the team sort of around the offense around him um and i think that's exactly what they're doing and i think they're just going to try and keep him as happy as possible uh, obviously to try and get that super bowl do you not think that the fact he was he said he was ninety percent retired before his darkness retreat is something that's a bit worrying for the Jets though? Because uh, if a player's mindset's gone that far that he was ninety percent retired, does that mean he might have some reservations? You touched on it earlier. I think he's I think he says a lot of things for effect, sort of thing. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. should be. I'd be worried if I was a Jets fan because of the amount of draft capital that you've just given up to get him, sort of thing. Sold the, sold the farm or whatever, and it could just be, could just be one year. Um, it's like I say, yeah, but I think he it, he said it for effect. If he's ready to retire and it goes shit this year, then you might have given all of that up for one year of him, <laughs> and it went to shit. Yeah, that's well because they've got the um. I'll talk you through the trade terms now. We're talking about it. 
The Jets got Aaron Rodgers, obviously. They got pick number 15 in the first round this year and a fifth-round pick this year as well. The Packers, in return, got the pick number 13 in this year's draft, so they, the Packers moved up two spots. They got a second round this year, a sixth round this year, and a conditional second round for next year that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the play, plays. So um, there is a, like, a theory that if it's going really bad for the Jets sort of thing, like they're sort of like two and seven or, or whatever it would be it, at the time it needs to be, just, yeah, just bench him, bring in Zach Wilson <laughs> and then, because you don't want to then turn that into yeah. a first. But that would be, that would be one of the worst disasters in the history of the NFL sort of <laughs> thing. And um, the other way though, that it could go really well. They could be plain sailing, guaranteed playoffs and they might be able to, let Zach Wilson get some minutes, take away some snaps from Rodgers and it might fall perfectly into their hands that they have a great year with him and they still only need to give up that second. That would... They'd have to win, like... They'd have to dominate those 65 yeah. snaps. They'd have to win, like... They'd have to be 9-0. and And like, take and them then... off when they're already, like, 30 points up. Or yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That is a dream scenario, though. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's no, pretty far-fetched. I'm just throwing out there that there is the other side, but it's never going to happen when you're in a division it... with the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, and it it does sound like we're saying it's, it seems like a match made in heaven. Everything's set up right there for them to succeed. But, like, it's still the Jets. Like, it's still a franchise that hasn't had any success in however many years, is still an inexperienced team, an inexperienced head coach, an offensive line that's had issues of last couple of years. And like we mentioned, the defence maybe the best D last year, but you generally see a bit of regression when it comes to defence, especially a lot of their talent was kind of young or um, unexpected or whatever. So you're probably the defence is probably not going to be as good this year sort of thing. Yeah. It's just about whether the offense can can make that up sort of thing which i think they will but i don't know i just i have a weird feeling about it but you it. make that comparison as you said to the buccaneers uh, and obviously quarterback was it was a big issue but they sort of already had the pieces involved elsewhere sort of in in young defensive guys um and like a decent o line as well and all they sort of needed was that thing and i think that's a very good comparison and i think if you're the jets you've seen what's happened with tom brady and at the buccaneers the Buccaneers hadn't really had the most, you know, prestigious history of of success either. So they're probably nah. looking at that in a very, very similar situation where, yes, we've not been the good franchise for I don't know how long, but we're going to go out and get uh, an elite quarterback, and why not go for it? I think now, if any, is the time to go and go and do it because okay, they might have ended up trading up to get a younger QB. But that completely failed um, in terms of Zach Wilson. Whereas with Rodgers, you're sort of mitigating a little bit of risk because you know he is either way going to still offer quality. Whether that's good enough, eventually, you're still going to get that. So so for me, I think as from a Jets point of view, I think, I think why not? I think you just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, then fair enough. But at least you've given your all at a stage where it looks exactly ready to go and do it. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely the right move by the Jets and one that they had to do, really. Like, that team looked really just a quarterback away last year and obviously they've been so bad for so many years. It's it's won't be about the X's and O's for me. Like I say, they've got the talent and uh, like I say, they've got, they should have a run game. They've got different wide receivers there. They can kind of build that offense however it needs to look. You can 
play action here. You've got deep threats down the field. You can have Aaron Rodgers at the line uh, adjusting the play, changing the play completely just from what he sees there. So, like... I gonna, yeah, I'm just struggling to find ways that it's not going to work sort of thing. Nathaniel Hackett is there. He will put his ego away. He'll mind, mind meld with Aaron Rodgers, and they should be happy with the product. So, I mean, the only thing I'm looking at is is the offensive line and maybe just injuries. Maybe oh, Also, Aaron Rodgers didn't touch upon his last year really that, that much. And there were reasons for it. He had just lost Devante Adams. His two wide receivers were rookies, and they had drops stuff like that, etc. But he still didn't play anywhere to the level that he, he could have done, that we've seen him do in years, even with similarly poor offences. He was making mistakes that he doesn't really make through interceptions that he doesn't normally make. So I think there's an argument to be made that he is that he is on the decline sort of thing and, um, and coming to a new place, changing your life so much, learning the new offence won't necessarily prove conducive to stopping that slide. No, not necessarily. And, you know, to be fair, it, it was his, he had his worst season by total EPA, um, had 12 interceptions as well, which is the most picks in a, in a year in, in his whole career. Um, and I know that you're sort of coming, you could, he, he is coming into that new situation, but also he isn't because of the amount of guys that they've put in there who he's familiar yeah. with as well as uh, Nathaniel Hackett, of course. Um, but obviously, when you're losing a guy like Devontae Adams, and there was literally nobody else sort of brought in to cover that, yes, I've what Christian Watson, second-round pick, but you look at the attacking court, it was, it was not good enough at all. It's always going to go down, like always is. And I know you did say that about Adams, but I think it does have to be highlighted a lot because it's it's natural. Um, so- we've, we've also we've spoken about, like, it was kind of toxic there, like... They'd, they'd had years of will they, won't they sort of leave sort of thing. It just felt like the natural conclusion of like it just wasn't working sort of thing. I don't think Rodgers is going to come and give the same year next year. Not definitely too. not. I don't think he's necessarily going to be at MVP level, but um, yeah, like, I'm just trying to find ways yeah. that it's, it's not going to work. Sort of uh, you, you look at the drops as well. Um, drop percentage on deep balls. Um, in 2022, it was 12.1%. Um, but in 2021, it was 3.3%. So obviously that that's massive, a massive difference. And again, for the short passes, last year, the drop percentage was 77.2 and the year prior was 3.2. So huge difference in the drops. So that's not exactly Rogers' fault, is it? Um, I, I think a lot of it kind of looked a little bit worse than it was. It wasn't as if his passing ability necessarily declined and his actually, his accuracy rate actually improved from, from the year before. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I also said obviously judging into factoring into his age and that he has had a decline mobility, and obviously unable to scramble and extend plays as much, which obviously is going to affect his ability as a passer as well. His success rate of plays outside the pocket dropped by ten percent from twenty one to twenty two. Mm. Um, so I mean, obviously there was obviously concerns, but it's again it it's going to be quite similar, I think, with with Tom Brady. I don't think you're going to lose that mental. Um, capacity to read the game uh, and make plays and I think just his huge experience um, will be huge but yeah obviously you have got to take into account it was a bit of a down year because that might be playing on Rogers' mind as well what was the reason why he was 90% sure of retiring obviously the situation at Green Bay would have played a huge factor but was he also perhaps doubting himself whether he was actually thinking am I still able to play at the elite level am I still able to play at a level that I do want to play at 
you know, clear, that must have been across of his mind if he was 90% certain before it. Um, but then you have some time to reflect and you, you, you probably took into consideration those outside factors as well. And then with an opportunity that's been presented at the Jets now, um, you, you can see why um, he's he's given it another crack at the whip at least. I think the fact that he, he said that he was going to basically be retired or be a New York Jet as well as something really promising for the Jets because it, it shows that he's confident he's going to be happy there. He's confident that he'll work or he would have just retired. And he obviously sees something in the Jets that he likes because when when you've done what Rodgers has done, and like he could retire now and have had a great career. So he obviously sees potential for the Jets to go and take over the line or you want to come back, which is obviously a promising thing for the Jets fans and the management to see that there's obviously that motivation still is there. Yeah, he must believe that the Jets, like he only has one Super Bowl in his career, which for a quarterback as good as they are, like obviously they're not easy to get, but he's lacking in that department. Already been uh, surpassed by Paddy Mahomes, who's like however many years younger, but um, so Brady came to the Bucks, and before Patriots Brady was just all boring Brady, saying the right things, saying basically nothing in interviews and press conferences and stuff. But he came to Florida and he had a glow up, like his social media sort of team went off the rails. Um, he started doing like being more relaxed in interviews and stuff, doing more videos, doing kind of like social media work with the the Bucks social media team. So I kind of think that that Rodgers has seen what Brady's done and the success that he's had on and off the field from it. And he's like, yeah, I don't like the vibes where I am here, right here. The the working relationships aren't great. I'm going to go to New York where they've got an, an exciting young team. It's New York City as well instead of like Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's such a, a better, more exciting place for a, a rich boy to live. And oh, thanks, yeah, yeah, that boy, that boy's got making enough. So um, he's seen that they've got more a chance to win the Super Bowl and whatever. He can maybe relax himself, put himself out there like a little bit more sort of thing and uh, might be seen like a, a little bit of a, a glow up yeah, like we saw with Brady. He wouldn't have wanted to sort of end his NFL career and all that, like all the bad atmosphere at Green Bay in which he left. You know, that's not a great thing to end on for, for Rodgers. So you can definitely see why he's going to that team to you know perhaps put that one last hurrah and i totally agree with you um you know new york a lot more exciting it's going to get a lot more coverage as well i would have thought um um with new york he's going to be the focal point and that will probably feed his ego as well that's probably another part of it that he's he's going to love just being that star isn't he like obviously i think at green bay he wasn't there wasn't enough ass licking for him for, from his perspective. Yeah. He wants to be the top dog where everyone's coming to him. You well, can just you, tell, can't you? So, and that's going to happen seen in New York. The likes of Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson posting new profile pics straight away, and it was Rogers. And my knee feels a whole lot better now. He's getting the ass leaking straight away. These men look up to him, which is also a great thing for the Jets because you, you got people who are obviously going to be motivated by his presence, but you're right there. He's getting the ass licking that he maybe didn't get with the Packers. 
But what what do you guys think this move means for the AFC East? It's just adding way like, where, more. Where do you think way more competition, isn't it? it as we as we touched on um, as we touched in, on, in yeah. our other episode, um, you know, I I think that it, that division is very quickly becoming one of the strongest in the NFL. Um, when you've got the likes of Josh Allen in there, you know the way in which the Dolphins were working with Cheetah and um, Tua, as well as obviously the Patriots. You can never rule out with Bill Belichick. You know that's it's really exciting, and again that that might um, feel Rogers a bit as well, playing with such good competition. Yeah. Um, and if any if anything, it's just it's gonna make any everything way more entertaining. Um, yeah. And I'm That's excited true. to see how it all pans out. Mm. Hopefully, give them a leader. Favor, what do you say? Hopefully, poorly. Hopefully, in my favour, I said. Oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Right. Um, we'll wrap up the Aaron Rodgers tr- uh, chat there, shall we? Uh, we're going to be doing our division previews soon, starting with the NFC East and the AFC East. So watch out for that in the coming weeks. We'll talk right now. We're going to introduce the what. QB competitions are going to probably be taking place over the summer. Set the scene and uh, give our initial thoughts. So I'll just run them through quickly right now. First up, we've got probably the most interesting one. Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. Trask, a second-round uh, draft pick by the Bucks, Two or three years ago, three years ago, I think now. And obviously, Baker Mayfield, former Cleveland Brown, first overall pick was with the Rams and the Panthers last year, had varying levels of success, but uh, he's definitely seen his stock absolutely crash as a starting NFL quarterback over the last couple of years, obviously replaced by the Browns by Deshaun Watson. Uh, how do we see this one going? Is it? Uh, I think the presumed starter will be Baker Mayfield, but the Bucks apparently really believe in Kyle Trask. I'm pretty excited to see how it's going to work out. You know, I, I think we're both pretty keen on Baker Mayfield and on this podcast mm. we, we've backed him a lot and I know you you were pretty excited um was it when he was at the Rams he yeah, had that 98 yard game winning drive against the Raiders in the last couple yeah of that was insane yeah so um, impressive he'd been there literally a day or yeah, yeah. he got there the he, day before he, or whatever like that he yeah. could obviously do special things and I think he will be the starter but we got to remember Trask's been there learning under Brady for the past yeah no years. Very so true. That, that's yeah. gonna. That's gonna be massive. That's gonna have boosted his game a lot, but hopefully Baker's a starter, so he can make me some money and take you a fifty quid out of pocket, Bisco, when he throws fifteen picks next season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you want to lay out what the actual bet is for the old listeners? Um, if Baker throws fifteen or more picks, Mister Harrison Discom owes me fifty Great British pounds. Mm. Mm. Interesting, and vice versa. Obviously, I do like Baker though. Um, obviously, as we said, I think, I think he's experienced in the NFL now. He, he's come right. He was sort of at the top in that that great year with the Browns when they when they got the playoffs, and then he's crashed. Mm. So he he's he's been through the shit. Um, showed so much grit and determination. And I just love that attitude from him, fighting through 
with some awful injuries to his shoulder. Um, so I think that's going to play out well. Um, looking at Trask, though, um, obviously not too much to go on at the NFL level, but as you sort of said earlier, mm. learning off Brady for those couple of years is going to be massive. And, and then you look at what he did with uh, at college uh, with, the, with the Florida Gators, um, 43 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good record at college. Damn. Overall, his college career, 69 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, pretty good ratio. And obviously, the Bucks weren't going to waste a second-round pick, 64th overall, on him for no reason. They clearly saw something in him. Um, and you look at like sort of Anthony Richardson, who's just been drafted fourth overall. Obviously, he is a, a few years younger, and I think he's a lot more respected sort of as an athlete uh, with his rushing ability. Um, but when you look at sort of his um, Richardson stats in the passing game, they're nowhere near as impressive um, uh, as Trask, and they both were at Florida. Um, Richardson's best year in 2022, 17 touchdowns, nine nine picks. So, you know, for me, you know, definitely worth giving Trask a go. And I think with Baker and Trask there, I think that sets up a nice little QB room. We've we've touched we've just touched on ego there with um, Aaron Rodgers and when Baker was coming to the end of his time at the Browns, he he came out himself and said that maybe he had been struggling with his ego a bit and focusing on endorsements outside of football and stuff. And last season's kind of taken him out of the spotlight a bit in terms of that. That might have and. Um, and obviously, when he has been in the spotlight, it's not really been great due to his performances. So this might actually be the best time to get Baker. He's got he's got a point to prove mm. now. He's got a platform to throw it. He's got a, a promising young quarterback to battle with to prove that he he can do it. And I think maybe the the time out of the limelight and being a number one pick and having all the hype around you. He's got less pressure on him now. Only really the pressure he puts on himself. So I think as a Bucks fan, it might, it must be an exciting time to have Baker in and around the franchise. Nah, yeah, that's a good point. He's always like Heisman Trophy winner, first overall pick. Like he's always been loved. He's always been like banter Baker and whatever. Like now, like you say, he's probably been humbled by this experience. It's going to be a test of how much of a dog is he, how much does he really want an NFL career that was seemingly just in front of him for most of his life. It's, it's going to be really interesting. There are two These are two people fighting for their careers. I kind of hope it's Baker, just because I think that would be the, the more entertaining, entertaining route. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see this competition play out. Let's move on to the next one. Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill... Malik Willis, Tennessee Titans. Will they trade Tannehill, do we think? Malik Willis looks like he's not respected by by their front office coaching staff at all. So is it maybe Will Levis backs up Tannehill for a bit, Tannehill get traded? What do we expect here, quickly? I, I expect Levis to back up Tannehill. I think if they traded Tannehill away, they don't have that veteran to fall on if it doesn't go well under the rookie. So I think... But from a best option point of view, it would make more sense to keep the veteran as an option to fall back on. So if times do get bad, they can be saved to an extent. Yeah, no, I get that. And they don't. They have a pretty poor roster as well. They don't have any wide receivers. It's a bit, it's a bit harsh, really. It's a bit um, 
unrealistic to to be putting him into this team week one as a rookie and then expecting good things. So maybe maybe it will be Tannehill to start. But you you also feel like they're not going to win anything this year anyway. Why not get the draft capital for Tannehill while he can? Who knows if there's a market out there anyway? I mean, I, were you surprised with how late Lavis was drafted? Like how late he fell in the draft? Or do you think mm. do you think it could be a steal? What are your thoughts on how low he fell? I was glad that the Buccaneers didn't didn't draft him. Like I don't, I haven't watched the college tape my myself sort of thing, so I don't really know. But I uh, I was glad that that the Bucks didn't draft him. So I think that that says it all. It's just a bit strange with all the talk of him being mailed on to be the second quarterback. Pick. Oh yeah, the NFL cognizantly just got mugged off. That was it's just like smoke streams and stuff like that. Like apparently it's always going to be CJ Stroud that the Texans going to take, and it was just trying to trick other teams into moving up and and all yeah. sort of smoke screen and that sort of stuff. Um, it's the kind but, of stuff uh, yeah. you love to see unless you're Will Lavis. Yeah, no, that it was a it's an awkward night for him. So many camera shots on him that night. Yeah, I'm sure he's not complaining. We did see the lovely ladies he had sat next to him in rotation. Yeah, quite. Yeah, in rotation as well. It was a a weird (laughs) one. Um, right, moving on. Oh no, let's not move on. Ash, what you got to say? Yeah, for me, I think it's just another show of no confidence (laughs) in Ryan Tannehill. Like, they're clearly not satisfied with him. They keep drafting QBs, just look, hoping and praying they're going to find a long-term situation. Obviously, Tannehill's coming off a down year, only played in 12 games, 13 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and his last year of his contract as well, 34. You know, if if you're Tannehill, I think you're wanting to be traded out of there because you've not got the support of the organisation. You're, you're, you're heading towards the end of your, your career at this point. You, you need to sort of spark a little something um i don't know i think the market there's gonna be there's only a very small like selection and places you can go as a 30 year old quarterback who is never mobile he's already getting slow and he's starting mission game missing games through injury as yeah. well i know um, the problem relating to yeah, it's been good the i know the problem relating to no one signing lamar was to do with the money he wanted and stuff but if no one's coming out to get lamar when it was possible to get him. I don't think there's going to be an awful lot of teams rushing to trade for Tannehill. Well, so I've heard people say that you can like trade him on the trade deadline, but who's going to be like in the market for a quarterback like Tannehill? Like I if your season's not already Fran, over, something. To be Fran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if there's quarterback injuries, don't they? Yeah, maybe if there's an injury somewhere or whatever. But uh, let's move on. Hendon Hooker, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. Ashley, speak on it. Fuck Jared Goff. <laughs> that'll do that'll do it'll probably be probably be Goff's job for a little while but if he starts not doing well I'm excited to see Hendon Hooker go on I think if you look at last season though it's, it's kind of hard to slay Goff he came on yeah leaves and oh, bounds like he had them looking unbelievable I, I can remember watching some of the games and just being amazed at some of the stuff he was doing and he showed the good mentality and bringing them back from some big deficits a couple of times as well. So oh yeah, I, think, I mean, I think we got to give Goff a bit more credit than fuck Jared Goff. I know I'm quick to slay people, but wait, have you seen how much he's getting paid though? Like a like oh. a like a top yeah. quarterback, like a top ten QB, and he's definitely not that. He's a facilitator. Like he did all right last year. He kept the Lions in contention and stuff like that. Like but he's not. Garoppolo, isn't he? Yeah. Like... Yeah, 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 bridge, bridge and boy. I think 
Yeah, fair play. To be fair, he did. Uh, you know, he did well. He improved significantly. Um, but you can absolutely see why that um, the Lions will take a shot on on a third round pick in um, in Hendon Hooker. So it's just you know you've seen Worth you've it. seen what can happen later down in the draft with QBs who fall. Why not take a shot? Because uh, you know Jalen Hurts was drafted in the second round. Um, he had a year or two. Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Give him a couple of years to sort of bed in, and who knows, that um, could happen. And I think obviously they they quite clearly know that Goff isn't sort of the franchise QB. So yeah, you can. I think it's a, it makes sense for sure. With, with I can see Hooker be... starting fairly soon. But no, I don't think he will. Wait, five already. I really liked him as a prospect. I thought he was kind of underrated. So much production. I, I don't think he's going to be fit enough to be ready for the start of the season. Oh, I, I, think, yeah. I think he had a... It was either a shoulder or a knee injury that ended his season early. Yeah. But I think he took his first snaps in practice just to show a little bit of what he could do a couple of days before the draft. Well, I'm so, oh, that's sort good. of looking at sort of quite a lot of his, his stats and that, and what, he finished fifth in, in the Heisman Trophy voting. Um, some incredible yeah, oh, sort yeah. of statistics um, at college as well. So I'm now looking at now, I haven't obviously looked too much into Hooker himself, but just based on that sort of information, it feels quite strange how he's fell so, so late. I think it was like an easier offense or not an NFL offense, like something along those lines. Again, don't know, don't know the the ins and outs of college players too much, but he definitely uh, he has more talent from what I've seen than Jared Goff does. This is what I'm gonna say is gonna happen. Week ten, the Lions are four and five. Jared Goff keeps throwing picks and throwing games away. He gets benched for Pendon Hooker. But let's move it on. In Washington, seems like. Um, Sam Howell's going to be the star. I think he started one game last year, showed flashes. They brought in Jacoby Brissett, though, who's started in this league last year for the Browns and is a very competent quarterback at this level, not a game-changer. Could we maybe see Brissett and then Howell or Howell and Brissett? Who will play the most games this year, just quickly? I think it'll be Howell. Um, I think he's... They're going to take that chance on him. I think there's been a lot of sort of good things coming about Hal and and why they 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 selected him in the first place. Um, his ability as a rusher as well is is pretty um pretty impressive. And you look at how the the NFL's going at this stage. If anything, it's become almost becoming an equally as important that the QB can can rush like you see in, in the likes of Justin Fields. So if Hal can do that, mm. um, that would be impressive. I think obviously they've got Jacoby Brissett in there as well as sort of the the safety option if things do completely go tits up with Hal. Um, and uh, you know you've got Brissett who's reliable, but I think predominantly it will be Hal. And then if it's a complete disaster, they'll they'll go to Brissett. But no, I've recently traded for him, so I'm I'm hoping that he he mm. uh, he does well. You'll be tracking. Mm. Nice, probably similar situation. In Atlanta with the Falcons, they've got Desmond Ritter as probably the presumed starter, but they brought in Taylor Heineke as well, who has started a lot of games over the last few years. Is that just exactly the same? Is Ritter's job until it's not? I think it's going to be yeah, it's quite similar. I I don't I'm I'm not sure whether Ritter's quite got that same same quality again. Pretty similar, I think. The rushing ability is that the focus, isn't it, with Ritter? Um, but to be honest, I I like Heineke. I think he's a very very capable quarterback um 
especially when you look at... He made some great plays last year down the field. Yeah, and he has certainly shown that he can do it, and with the sort of weapons that Atlanta are, are now building into that team, you, know, you look at like Kyle Pitts, um, BJ Allen Robinson, um, Drake London, you know, that's quite an exciting attacking core for um, the likes of either Heineke or um, Desmond Ritter to utilise. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Final one, San Francisco 49 is a bit of a weird one. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant last year, showed us some unbelievable things. Yeah, absolutely. Trey Lance, who has not been relevant for a few years now, they gave up all that draft capital to draft him. He's barely played, obviously, he's had injuries. And they've also brought in Sam Darnold, who kind of showed some of his best work in his career with the Panthers last year. Still a dodgy way to end the season against the Bucks. But uh, how do we see this one playing out? Bit of a weird I, one. I think the currently looking to shop Trey Lance. I, I've read that quite a bit, but as we touched on with Tannehill, I'm not sure if there's much of a market there. Well, yeah, I mean, you consider how much the, they gave up to get Lance. I think he certainly will yeah. get an opportunity. Obviously, he was injured as well. So, you've, we've not the, seen... An, the problem is, can they keep him fit, though? Well, yeah, but it was like an ankle injury. Like, it wasn't like... It was sort of just quite bad. Like, I think it was just like a, a, a sort of ankle break. So, quite unfortunate, I, the, wasn't it? The other thing with Lance as well is he didn't he didn't play too much in college. Yeah, that's true, to be fair. There really has not been a lot. and But you would have thought, because of they gave up so much to try and get him, um, that they, they obviously would... Um, at least give him a chance. And if anything, I think it's a good um, situation because you've got Purdy there who I think um, they'll know, Carl Shanahan will know that they can use him. Like, if push comes to shove, they end up getting to the NFC Championship game with him. So they know they've got some sort of reliability there with him. Like, he's nothing special, but I think he does the basics well. He doesn't make too many mistakes. Yeah. And you've got Lance there with who's got like a, a much higher ceiling um, who... They've got him to take a shot on, and they've not had the opportunity to have a proper look at him. Well, yeah, and you look how good that offense is anyway. It's sort of like a win-win because you you got that far with Purdy anyway, Um, and then if not, otherwise you've got Lance who might turn into an elite QB. So you look at that offense in general; like it's pretty scary. I think it'll be either Lance or Darnold to start at the season, though. I think um I think Purdy's surely Purdy, Purdy's done enough to get ahead of Darnold. No, what Purdy's got that UCL injury um, though, yeah, doesn't he? Fair, that he got yeah, in that the, shoulder injury. And I think I think they said it might be a few weeks into the season mm, before enough. he's ready. Yeah. To... Yeah, it looks like he's missing uh, the start of the season, which obviously adds another wrinkle to it. I would be I would be trying to I'd be really reluctant to to be like given up on Trey Lance or whatever not just because of what they not just because of what they gave up for him but like you say he was inexperienced in college or whatever you still got to have belief that he still has what he had that made you draft him in the first place sort of thing like he's got the athletics and he should have been learning the playbook and learning how to improve his football IQ over the last few years so I kind of I would kind of be hoping that Brock Purdy is not exactly fit to start the year, give him a little break the first week or two, see what Trey Lance has got, and then if it's just not happening, then you know you've got Brock Purdy there, who, like you say, you can trust. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a pretty intriguing battle. Um, I'm really not liking how the division's looking um, for the cut from a Cardinals' point of view. Yeah. I've obviously uh, said in the previous episode that the Seahawks look good. Obviously, we always know the 49ers are good. Um, the Rams with Sean McVay, with Sean McVay, you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, it could be difficult, but yeah, pretty but interesting. The Rams also drafted a quarterback, didn't they? They brought in Stars and Burns. Mm. Yeah, 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 which I like that. And he's going to probably... They don't have anyone else in that room, so he's probably going to be their backup straight away. Championships at college yeah, well. boy. I think, I think he's been slept on a lot. I think uh, in our conversations about the draft, I was quite big on him. And yeah, and obviously there are reasons. There's but another battle as well. I could see him doing well. What? So obviously Richardson's been drafted third overall. But there's still flows, and they brought in Minshew before they knew. They oh were yeah, Garden Minshew as well. Oh, yeah. They, they brought him in before they knew they were getting Richardson. And Richardson's literally so only twenty. Obviously, Richardson. Yeah, Richardson only played one thirteen games. In college. Yeah. Can we see him getting the snaps while they're still shit to get to just build experience as quick as possible, or can we see either one of one of the experienced guys in Minshew or Foles getting the start and it being a battle between I could, them too. I could definitely see Gardner Minshew um, starting out the year. He's got a bit of something about him as well. And like I say, Richardson is so inexperienced. So cool. People are talking yeah. about maybe uh, like letting him sit for a year. Yeah, yeah, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him sit there. for a year. But I would maybe give him, like if he's not ready week one or two, just to sort of, Getting yeah. into the flow of things or whatever, I, w- I wouldn't hate starting Gardner Minshew at all. Might be the sort of situation that we seen at the Steelers last year with Pickett and Trubisky. Yeah, exactly. Let the, let the veteran start until the veteran shows that they're not good enough, kind of thing. But um, yeah, but I think um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, and hopefully, I've, I've been a big fan of Richardson. Hopefully, he gets the the time to learn and build and he doesn't get pressure thrown on him straight away. They go the same kind of way they did with Pickett and let him just ease into it a little bit. That's the thing. When it when it goes terribly straight away, it can be really hard to recover from that like, mentally and technically. But um, hopefully we've not missed any more. That should be uh, most of the quarterback competitions that will be taking place over the summer. We'll keep updating you with how it's going when training camps, when rookie camps are beginning and, and seeing how these stories are developing. But I think we'll wrap up the episode there for now. Thanks for listening again. And as I say, this is our second episode we've recorded today. So check out the other one. That will be on our RR. SS feed and again thanks for listening give us likes and comments and all of that stuff for now though it's bye from me and goodbye from these bye. Bye.